life is parallel to existence, but perpendicular to time. And what that really means is that life goes on forever and there's intersections on that road. And when these intersections happen, you have to pass the torch. Boss Uncaged is a bi-weekly podcast that releases the origin stories of business owners as they become uncaged trailblazers, unconventional thinkers, untethered trendsetters, and unstoppable tycoons. We always hear about overnight success stories, never knowing that it took 20 years to become a reality. Our host, S.A. Grant, conducts narrative accounts through the voices and stories behind Uncaged Bosses. In each episode, guests from a wide range of backgrounds sharing diverse business insights. Learn how to release your primal success through words of wisdom from inspirational entrepreneurs and industry experts as they depict who they are, how they juggle their work life with family life, their successful habits, business expertise, tools, and tips of their trade. Release the uncaged boss beast in you. Welcome our host, S.A. Grant. Welcome to the Boss Uncaged podcast. This is the pilot episode. On today's show, we have none other than myself, S.A. Grant. I go by many titles and many names. I'm a jack of all trades. But more importantly, I'm here to help you guys. So I look forward to kind of hearing your feedback and kind of insight to what you guys need help with and what kind of people you want me to bring on the show. A good takeaway from today's show is essentially I'm a system guy, so we jumped into systems a bit. In addition to that, we just talked about, you know, how life throws rocks at you and you got to figure out how to you know take those rocks and build the foundation and grow from there and keep on scaling and keep on going north. So I decided to do the podcast in a format, the same format that I'm going to be interviewing my guests. I decided to have someone interview me for the podcast. So on today's show, we have Alex. Alex is one of my best friends. She's my significant other. She's also a copywriter by trade. She is a treasurer. She's also an up and coming influencer as well, too. So it's just a great mix. Um, she definitely pulled some things out of me that I probably didn't want to disclose right off the bat. But, you know, you got to drop them when they're asked to, you no hesitation. So without any other spoilers, let's jump right into the show. Describe S.A. Grant in three to five words. Three to five words. Can you be that, like, short-winded? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm not long-winded. I'm just, I give detailed answers. Three to five words. That's kind of hard. I mean, I, I've asked that question, so I always res- expected a three-word response. But for myself, I would say a forward thinker, motivated, and a family person. I guess you're allowed. Go into a little bit more detail. You can use your two extra words. <laughs> <laughs> On which one in particular? Motivated. Well, my motivation, it stems from just change. I just want more for people around me. I think I want people to kind of see that being an entrepreneur is really not as hard as it may be perceived. It just really comes down to if you're dedicated and if you want to execute the plan. So for me, it's I'm motivated internally myself, and then I'm really into motivating other people. And I love seeing people get excited. Like when I have conversations with people and I'm describing to them how things work and understanding how systems are implied and how to do this and how to do that. And you can see the light bulb go off in their heads. I just love that. It's fuel for me and it's fuel for them. So who are you and what do you do? Damn. That's a, <laughs> That's a very question. <laughs> I guess the simplest way to put who I am and, and what I do is that I'm an individual that is an entrepreneur that believes in helping other people get to their goals. So whether that means I'm going to help you publish your book, check. 
whether that means you need a video, check. You need a podcast, check. You need a website, check. So in the media spectrum of how to do things, if I don't know how to do it or I don't have somebody in my circle that knows how to do it, if you give me 24 hours, I will figure out how to do it. And I'll stay up for 24 hours and make sure it happens and just get it done. So would you say that's kind of essentially like your full business model or just really who you are? I think it's just ingrained in my DNA as far as my business model. uh, My business model is always ever growing, ever changing and adapting. It's kind of one of those things It's you know, if you find a product or a service right off the rip that's highly successful, then you may stick with it for a period of time. But even that, you will adapt over a period of time to morph that product or service for the demand. So I'm always morphing and adapting. But I always think I'm always going to be essentially in the, the media technology space. Right, right, right. How would you say you kind of got started for the most part? So, I mean, say the business name Cerebral 360 or Cerebral Media or what do we start? So originally it was called SG 180. So it's called Cerebral Graphics 180. And that was coming out of college when I got my first degree and it was a graphic design degree. As soon as I graduated, I went right back in because graphic design is cool. I love it. It's one of my passions, but I'm equally creative as I am equally analytical. So I went searching for other things and then I went back and got programming, multimedia, video, audio, and added those things to my tool belt. So then the company became over a period of time from 2000 to about 2010, it became more of a media because it wasn't just graphic design anymore. It was web solutions. It was media solutions. It was multimedia products. And then (laughs) as time went on, I realize it's obviously more to a business than just media and marketing, even though it's a, it's a huge part of any industry. But then there's also the numbers behind the scenes. There's also the operations. There's also the systems in place. And once I kind of dove headfirst into the overall business structure of businesses that are successful in general, then I was like, well, the best name for the company would be Cerebral360 because we're going to be able to help you in multiple aspects. We're not just a media company. We're not just a graphic design company. We're here to help you go from point one to 10,000. All right, right. I mean, did you come from an entrepreneurial background or, you know, where mom and dad had businesses before, so that was kind of ingrained in you or, or not? That's another loaded question. It, <laughs> yeah, yeah you're, good, you're good at firing off shots. When I think about it, I think both my parents had elements of entrepreneurism in them when I really look back at my history of life with them, but I don't think any one of them really knew what the definition of that word really was. Um, I think my mom was used to working her nine to fives and then she always had a side hustle for, and it was more so a necessity for her to kind of, you know, make ends meet. And my dad was, he was one of those people that he said he tried things. Mm-hmm. And unfortunately, if you understand business, if you just said you try something, you already failed because you're, you said try, you try, you're not really executing the full capabilities of what you can do in that business. So my dad, is he's tried, I don't know, countless things here and there. But in all reality, I think partially maybe. But when I really look back at it, it's not like I came from a family that was, you know, the Rockefellers that had a blueprint that said, hey, well, we made a couple billion dollars. This is how we did it. We're going to leave you a fortune and you can then go out there and take this money and expand and grow and scale. So I, I literally had to come from zero and build up. Is that what drives your motivation then? Is it more of like the reverse psychology of entrepreneurship where you saw your parents 
working and like you just said, trying and maybe not saying that they're not successful because they are, but just never having their real entrepreneurial lifestyle. Can you say, is that what motivated you? I think it comes down to education. It's when that light bulb goes off. It's like, you know, that you always hear the statement about being woke. And once you wake up and you realize that you live in a world that you could have essentially nine out of 10 control on every aspect of your life. Now, your health, there's limitations, whether from, you know, DNA and family history. But if you work out and you eat healthy, potentially you should be okay. Financially is is the same thing. So collectively for me, it was more so a view of looking at the world around me and realizing that there was so much more. And as I started to learn and educate myself, I was like, oh, there's more. And it became an addiction for me. Like literally, some people are hooked on drugs. Some people are hooked on sex. And for me, literally, I got hooked on pursuing information and trying to monetize it. But at the same time, monetizing it, not just for the money, but I wanted to get more money to be able to help more people. Yeah. Yeah. So I hear a lot of podcasts. I read a lot of blogs and books and articles and whatnot. And the question always is work-life balance. How do you juggle the work-life balance. I call it juggling the hustle. So how would you say you kind of juggle your hustle, your entrepreneurship, where you're always on, then you have family who's always on for the most part? Ah, man, on that, (laughs) up until recently, within like I would say the last 24 months or so, I completely sucked at it. More so in my relationships, I think I had a really good relationship with my son. It was just kind of like not necessity, but just trying to set the bar really high as an example to show him that, you know, a single black male could definitely achieve things and raise a kid on his own. So for me, like that was my driving factor. So it was my son and it was work. And then everything else, like my relationships, like they all suffered because of it. Mm-hmm. Oh, you're going to leave that there? <laughs> <laughs> wow. <laughs> so I guess how would you say your balance then Is now? Yeah, yeah. So I, literally back in 2018, I had a stroke. And it was f- wow. because I had the mindset of, you know, work 23 hours, sleep one hour, and, you know, work. And then when you, you die, you, you don't have to worry about it because then you're dead. But you want to get the things done. And then that parallel construct of being a dead and being alive all hit me at the same time. So, you know, once I had the stroke, it was a reality that kind of hit me like, OK, the whole Superman complex. I am human. I am getting older and you do need balance. You do need rest. So for me, it was more so putting things into structure, not completely linear, but more so systems. That's kind of led me to the way I run my business now as well, too, because back then it was like, OK, all hands on deck or if nobody raised their hands then I'll just get it done. Or if somebody didn't do it the way I wanted them to do it, then I'll do it myself. And and it just got to the point that I was still doing everything. And, you know, I was on the left side of the quadrant. You know, I was a slave to my own company. So at post stroke, it, it was kind of like an awakening moment for me. Like now more focused and oh yeah i'm drilling to the goal at this point so i mean i'm laser focused i think in the last two years post-stroke i've gotten more done in the past two years than i did 10 years prior to that and i think that goes back to you know the whole entrepreneur background and it's not to knock my parents but i don't think i had the initiative or the fort right to have structure on how i was doing it on my own trying to figure things out hopping from groups to groups going from network to network you know getting mentors and trying to figure things out on my own 
But it, the reality is, like I said before, once your eyes open up and you become woke and then you can kind of see the finish line and everything comes laser focused and 100 percent clear. And it's just like, oh, shit, it's about to go down. So talk about like one of your kind of, I would say, major systems that you may have recently put in place or post-stroke put in place. The first thing that post-stroke wise, and I mean, I know a lot of corporate structures is about hire people, hire people that are better than you. And I think that's definitely a key factor. But I think there's a lot of gaps in that system as well, too. I mean, outsourcing is a major thing. Freelancers are major players um, in our business structure as well, too. And it's you can kind of build them into permanent. But for me, it's more so you're testing the waters. If you have people that are, are really good that's working with you, and obviously you have the workload to do it, by all means, hire them. But before you hire them, I think people kind of work harder up front to kind of prove themselves, especially when you're paying them per project, not per hour. And it just gives them a different point of view. So they're not getting billed, okay, $20 or $100 an hour. It's more so here's the project. There's a start date. Here's the end date. This is what I expect. Go. Seems like you've learned delegation. Yay. Yeah. Yeah. You could definitely say that. I mean, delegation on a mass scale. I mean, I'm not just going to delegate. I delegate within systems now. So I think it was delegations and it was systems. It was you know, as much as I'm creative, like I said before, I'm analytical. So bringing both worlds together and figuring out how to do things with software that exists and automating systems and AI and how to find good people and how to, you know, using, you know, SOW, you want to look at a statement of work is one thing, but I think you'd also do it to where you can kind of recruit people and give them opportunity to prove who they really are and execute over a period of time and let them shine. Yeah. What, tools would you say you've put in place as well? I know you're a systems guy. You're all about automation and whatnot. So without naming names, um, overall, what tools do you like to use? The tool list kind of it fluctuates up and down on a regular basis. I would say on a mailing tool scale, I would see MailChimp. It's pretty straightforward. And there's 2,500 other versions of MailChimp out there, like Constant Contact and a laundry list of different mail programs. But for me, MailChimp is building themselves more into a marketing platform. And I think, you know, in the next 10, 15 years, they'll be pretty robust, even though they're robust now for, for mail. But I think they have opportunity to grow into a space to where we can kind of use this system to contact our individual people that we're looking for, whether it's through Facebook ads, whether it's through Google ads, and have it systematically sent out emails and get responses pretty quickly. In addition to that, spreadsheets for the longest I've known dozens of accountants and you know chief technical officers and chief financial officers, and I didn't really see the power in the spreadsheets. I understood them, but I, to me, it was kind of like old technology. But now I really understand the power of spreadsheets. So you know, Google Docs is a really big thing that that I utilize just for scaling. You know, if I have somebody that's working for it in California, if I have somebody that's working in China, well, there's no limitations. I don't have to worry about transferring files. I don't have to worry about downloading files. I don't have to worry about shipping out hard drives. I don't have to worry about download times. It's all in the cloud. So it makes it really easy for anybody to be anywhere and work on anything. And the Excel side of things in the Sheets, Google Sheets, is really beautiful because it allows me to set up things very linear. So if I have five people working on one project and there's different avenues per the project, then I can break that up into tabs, break it up into columns and give people access to find information. If I have one person working on a video and the task is once you're done with the video, you'll load the link through Google Drive, you'll load it in an Excel spreadsheet. 
And then I'll have somebody else come in and pull the video from the spreadsheet is, and I can see when they logged in, I can see everything that everybody's doing from a high scale. Right. So you kind of keep like referring to a team or not team is your team local or they're international. Talk a little bit about your, your team that you've created. So at this point in time, I think we're about 15, 20 people. It's a global team. So I, I got people definitely locally in Atlanta. I have people on the West Coast and I have people overseas as well. And the reason why I've done that, because why would I be limited to just one continent when there's many other continents? And just because I'm asleep and the U.S. is asleep doesn't mean that business should stop. So coming from the mindset of if you're not making money while you're sleeping, then you're not making anything, right? So to make a system that works globally, I have to have people in multiple time zones. So if I'm executing a podcast like this, for example, I would rather have somebody editing this podcast that lives six to 12 hour time difference. So if I'm sending them a file at 5 p.m. our time, well, by 7 p.m. our time, they'll be waking up. They'll be able to get that information. And by the time they're done, 7 p.m. their time, guess what? It's 7 a.m. our time. And this file is completely done and it's ready for review. By the time you wake up in the morning. Yeah, by the time I wake up in the morning. So. It helped me to, I said, post-stroke, it made me figure that out. It was just kind of like, okay, I can't work 21 hours a day every day anymore. How can I still do that? Without actually doing it. Without that. catching another stroke. <laughs> no more strokes. <laughs> no more strokes. So, yeah. So, it, that opened up my eye to like, whoa, why not expand out your reach? So, for me, I mean, at this point in time, we got people from Pakistan, India, Africa, Philippines, I think we even have one person in South America. So, I mean, it's just, it's literally all over the place. And I, and I love it because when you find people that's international, they have a different skill set. Like English is a second language or a 15th language to some of them. And then you find their other skill set. They have an MBA. Well, they actually studied to actually have a real education. So they un- not only do they understand the English language, but they understand the business language. So transitioning from an individual and not to knock the States. I mean, the States have great people. And we earn our dollars by all means, but just having somebody that's overseas that can understand what I'm saying, that's also 12 hours different. It's a win-win situation. I would say you are very much so a risk taker because I know a lot of people who use those services like Fiverr or what's the other one that I can't remember the name of right now, but that will look for people to help. But I would say be a little judgmental about what they think that they're going to get out of it. You've found some very talented, well-educated individuals on those sites that you use for like multiple projects and this and the other. I mean, how did you kind of feel about that in the beginning or is it just always you've trusted the system to work? I mean, it was up to me. I'll be jumping out of a plane right now with a parachute. So so for me, just diving, you can't hesitate. Either you're going to jump in, whether the water's hot or cold. And then you figure it out. You know, if you don't know how to swim, you figure it out. And so for me, it was like I have opportunity. I could hire maybe two, three people or I could put the feelers out there and see what else is out there across the seas and see how how fast I could build a team that could execute multiple things in multiple times. And I could be more so building a system that could work 24-7 versus fighting a system, trying to get somebody. And, and I'm not really big on people working past 5 o'clock if that's right. not their personality. Mm-hmm. So on state side, it's really hard and difficult to get people to work past 5, 6 o'clock. And why should they when in all reality, the world is 24 hours a day. So 
you shift between the shifts. That's why there's multiple shifts in 24-hour locations like QT, right? There's mm-hmm. multiple people that work over a period of time, eight, nine-hour shifts. So in all reality, that's the entire world, and we have access to it. And the part of being scared, I think people are scared because they've heard the nightmare stories about people getting burned. or, right. But it's just filtering. It's a system within a system. So if I'm looking for somebody, I'm going to check their credits. And once you understand, for example, like Amazon, and you understand how ranking works and you understand how people get reviews so when i see somebody that has like a five-star review but they're at 1200 reviews that means they've delivered at least 12,000 of this product and they've gotten five stars they must know what they're doing and i'm still going to test them i'm going to put them through a test to make sure that we're a good fit personality wise for our company and who they are as you do that, you start to figure out who people are really quickly. I mean, I could call someone's BS in the first project within the first couple hours. Right. So going back into systems and tools and programs, talk about a few things, maybe one, two, that kind of help you automate your life. What systems are you running that are essentially outside of people, outside of your teams? Um, what tools are you using to maybe do your automatic postings or to, like you said, MailChimp is doing maybe your email pushes. I'm not a tech person, so Mm -hmm. what are you using? What do you recommend? mm -hmm. Like I said before, I'm really big into systems within systems within systems. So considering that the economy today when it comes down to software is 9 out of 10 software companies are subscription-based, right? So when you look at a company's bottom line, well, if 25% of your active budget is going to subscriptions on a monthly basis to maintain things like QuickBooks, MailChimp, it keeps adding up. So for me, I'm really like thinking about the margins and how much profit can we make, execute the job, keep everybody happy, including the clients, keep the people working happy with the money that they're making. So I started looking into subsystems of lifetime deals. Lifetime deals of people that don't understand what they are. I mean, it's like this, not to say that it's new, it's always been around, but a lot of people just don't think that they even exist. So I could find a deal for automation. If I want to post files to Facebook, Instagram, and setting up multiple things, there's dozens upon dozens of software that does that out there right now. And majority of these software costs anywhere from 20 bucks a month to 2000 bucks a month. You know, like you got HubSpot that can do full automation and you're looking at probably, you know, twenty to thirty thousand dollars to get that up and running. Then you have other lower end stuff like IFTTT, which is free but is limited to how you can customize it. So for me, I do a lot of research and I find things that are lifetime deals. I've even gotten to the point to where I've using Chrome plugins called Facebook ads. So when I go to Facebook, instead of me seeing a feed of my friends or my personal feeds, a hundred percent of my feed is ads. And if you know anything about Facebook, it's an algorithm based upon the ads I like, based upon the ads I click on, it'll show me more of the same ads. So when I log into my Facebook, the first thing I see is exactly the software that I'm looking for right now. So give you an example. Recently, I needed video software, but I wanted to do video not on the scale of like Final Cut or Avid on particularly, not to say it's not high end, but I need it to be systematic to where I can contact somebody and say, hey, I need you to produce 300 short video clips, 30 seconds a piece. Here's the script. Here's the copy all in Excel. Log into this. I'm going to give you access as the editor. And I want you to step and repeat, step and repeat, step and repeat. And the only way to really do that, you need to have software to do that. So for me, I found software through Facebook ads by using this Chrome plugin that's called Facebook ads. And I clicked on it and sure as hell it was there. And it was like a lifetime deal that 
I think it was like 95% off. Wow. 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 Yeah. Yeah. So imagine the overall lifetime of a budget. If I'm spending $60 a month over the period of 10 years versus I spend it one time up front and then I'm good for all the updates and everything for life of this product. I know one of the components of kind of being successful is developing habits. So what's that morning habit? And I'm, I'm going to be extremely transparent. You, sir, are not a morning person. <laughs> so. No. No. <laughs> no, no, I'm far. Don't get me wrong. Like it goes 100 percent goes back to me creating systems to just get me. The funny thing is I, I interviewed Richard and Richard was a good yeah. friend of mine. And I always knew when Richard was very rigid with his regiment. But for him to say that he wakes up every single day at 530 on cue, he does one thing for 30 minutes. Timer goes off. He does another thing for 30 minutes. I wish I could be like that, but I can't. Mm-hmm. So for me, it's more so I know that I have to get get up and get my son to school at a certain time. And he's far from a morning person. <laughs> so that that's the first part of the morning routine. It's like, gosh, is he awake? Let me go check on him. Let me wake him up. And that's going to take 20 minutes just to get in the room and wake him up. So that's the first part of my day. After that, it's kind of me recapping the day before and using, believe it or not, Alexa. Mm-hmm. And when I wake up and I'm telling Alexa, let's go. Uh, she'll recite a motivational quote that I wrote. She'll have a lion roar at me, and then she'll play Kanye West, Good Morning. Right. The beauty of that, again, it's a system, and it's, it gets me in that state of mind like it's about to go down. <laughs> no matter if I'm tired or not, it amps me up. And again, because I can't drink coffee as much post-stroke, yeah, yeah. so and I used to you know, try to not to drink as much coffee, but when I did drink coffee, it made me feel like I was high and flying on a kite. It was like coffee affects me like it's adrenaline for me, so... Without coffee, those are my morning routines. I wake up, get the kid ready, listen to something. I'll go in the bathroom, and then right away within my first 45 minutes, I'm listening to a podcast or I'm watching some motivational video or I'm listening to an audio book. For me, it's all about information. I'm addicted to it. I'm addicted to content, so I'm always constantly pulling that information in, and then I'm hitting the road, taking the kid to the school, and by the time I get him there, it gives me opportunity between 7.30 to 8 o'clock to get in the gym, work out, and then get done before 9 o'clock. And then that's when I started getting on my conference calls and getting on my meetings and talking to everybody and kind of seeing what happened the night before with people, what projects they're working on, what was completed, and then just following up. So I guess this is a two-part question then. So does that make you more of a nighttime person? And if so, what's your nighttime routine? Oh, man. So I would think definitely I used to be a night owl. I think it's ingrained in me just to stay up all night long. Like I was able to work. All night, and then when the sun would peek through the window, I'm like, oh. Like crap. Uh, yeah, I guess <laughs> since I got to get up in like an hour and 30 minutes to get my kids. Yeah, I can get up. Yeah, let me get this. Let me get this. Oh, I just worked through it. So, I mean, recently I did a 3 o'clock, <laughs> worked at 3 o'clock. But usually now I kind of shut down at my timer, again, systems. Right. I got a timer on my phone that goes off and says, hey, dude. If you, yeah, if you if you want to get those six hours of sleep, it's about time. And it's funny because it gives me two reminders, and I'm like, well, I got like a thirty minute grace period. If I could just do this really really quick, you can have a snooze button on going to sleep. It doesn't work that way. Like, oh, okay, great. Let me use the snooze button so I can get thirty minutes. But but that's that's how it works for me. So it's like it's it's a snooze button for me to go to bed, and then when that goes off the last time, it's like ah. Oh. 
And, you know, they always talk about the blue light. And for me, I'm, I'm a little bit different. It's like my brain is always on. So I've just learned to embrace it. It's like I'm not trying to shut down. I don't want to shut down because a lot of times when I go to bed, I keep everything nearby. So whether it's Alexa and I can say take a note or whether it's my phone or whatever, like writing down was cool, but take off my glasses. I can't see nowhere. Right. So for me to be able to, to like the lights are out, nobody's not listening. I'm like, Alexa, make a note. <laughs> and tell her exactly what it is or set a reminder and I wake up in the middle of the night sometimes and that's what happens so for me it's just a win-win situation so once I crash and fall asleep then I just start the day all over again and when I go to bed it's the same thing I, I'll tell Alexa good night and then she'll start with the <laughs> the end of the day motivation yeah the end of the day motivation and then she turns off all the lights automatically and I know I probably sound like a, a, like a robotic crackhead but it's all about systems man yeah Hey guys, let's take a quick break and hear from today's sponsor. Support for Boss Uncaged and the following message comes from Cerebral 360. Cerebral 360, where your online strategies become offline reality. Cerebral 360 has over 20 plus years of successful marketing and unique brand development. Contact Cerebral 360 when you need instructive online success strategies. Learn more at www.cerebral360.com. Back to the show. After all of this work, in 20 years, what do you see, I uh, would say, first your business and then maybe yourself? Or if those are one and the same? Um, they're one and the same. And it, it took me a while to realize that because for the longest, I never wanted to be in the limelight. I always wanted to be in the shadows. Right. And, you know, I would have friends that were in my circles and they would call me on a regular basis to ask me questions. And I started realizing that, OK, people have noticed that I've put the time in to get the information. But what am I really doing with it? So for me, 20 years from now, I want to have a platform that's large enough that it could reach on a global scale to help people get the education they need from a business standpoint. Because, I mean, you could pretty much sell water to a well, anything that you have passion about you could pretty much turn into a business. And, and I know it sounds asinine, but in all reality, if there's a market and there's supply, you just fill the demand. And just by doing that, and if you love what you're doing, then you can pretty much sell it to anybody. So 20 years from now, I would like to have, I'm not going to say I want to be on a Fortune 500 list. I'm not going to say that I want a company to be on the stock market. For me, that, that's not my end goal. I mean, obviously having wealth and, and having money coming in passively is 100% on the agenda and, and we're well on the way in that direction. But for me, it's more so how do I give back? How do I help people? And because I've, you know, I've had the stroke, it kind of opened up my eyes to realize that, you know, you tell somebody you have a stroke, they, they kind of look at you like... They're waiting for something to be wrong. I mean, yeah. I'm moving, he can move his hand, you know. Yeah, <laughs> and, and they look at you like, what? And the way I'm speaking right now, it, I will say I'm at 99.99% back to 100% who I, I was before stroke. And I think for me to get back to that, I had to realize what happened to me. So, you know, you tell somebody you have a stroke, they'll say, oh, is your heart okay? Sorry. And I'm like, what the hell is a stroke I do in my heart? <laughs> You know, I, I get the whole blood pressure and those factors, but stroke is a mind thing, mm -hmm. and which is ironic because I named my company Cerebral. Right. And so, and then I had a stroke. <laughs> so for me, it was like, well, how else do I prove that it's, it's a mental disease? I had to push through it mentally. Mm -hmm. So I mean, even coming out the hospital was it was kind of like an awakening moment for me. It was like, okay, I got five days to get my hands back because I lost my right. I couldn't even move my right hand. Mm -hmm. I lost the right side of my face, and it was like the hell with that. that that's if I could walk, good. Can I talk? Good. But then everything else is just systematic at this point in time. I have to just believe it to achieve it. And I know that sounds crazy, 
But in all reality, that's what happened. Right. Right. So when you say you want to give back, are those the type of organizations you want to focus on that are geared towards like stroke rehabilitation or would say like the after effects? Like I've heard from just kind of being previously in the medical field and whatnot that stroke recoveries, I guess you could say, do experience depression. And I'm like, what? No, as long as you're walking and talking, you should be good. I mean, is your give back more towards that because you don't realize how depression affects you? Or would you say that it affected you in any kind of way or kind of unpack that a little bit? So believe it or not, I think a solid vision for me would be, I'm not going to say knock on wood, but possibly being a spokesperson for stroke victims and being able to let them know that they can still, because the depression part, I don't think anybody, unless you're a person that's depressed, I don't think you understand what the depression really is until it happens. Like, you understand the definition of it. Mm -hmm. You could read it. And I've been with multiple people in my lifetime that have suffered from depression, that I've known from depression. And you always, you know, pat them on their back and you try to push them in the right direction. But you don't really know what depression is until it hits you. So once I had the stroke, that's when I got hit with that. Oh, this shit is real. Yeah, it's it's a feeling. Yeah, it's a genuine it's an emotional state that changes who you are. And, and I can see how people stay in the bed and start putting weight on. I can see how people start hurting themselves and seeing how people just kind of like check out because post-stroke, it changes the chemical formula of who you are. You start to see things differently. You speak differently. You move differently. It took me like what, maybe four months to be able to speak at the speed that I'm speaking now. Yeah. I went from speaking like this to more so like not Forrest Gump, but I was just like having to think about every because they didn't come as fast as they used to. That blew my mind because I'm so used to being thinking 25 steps ahead. And in my mind, I was 25 steps ahead, but my mouth couldn't catch up to what I was thinking. I was like, so this is what stuttering is like. okay?" And so they started all these different diseases started to kind of click to be like, damn, that sucks. To live your entire life into this bubble of your mind is faster than your body or faster than the way you could relate content from a communication standpoint. That's a damn nightmare. So, again, I'm thinking going into a space to where obviously giving financial raising awareness and making people believe in themselves more than anything else that, okay, yeah, yeah, you may have lost your right side. Yeah, you may not be able to speak. But as long as you could blink, talk, and your mind is working, you can still achieve things more than you could imagine. Mm-hmm. You're right. Changing subjects a little bit. If you had the opportunity to sit down with anyone who ever existed, alive or dead, who would that be? So I've been thinking about this question for about 20 years. Wow. And, we you, just <laughs> did this podcast 10 minutes ago. Well, yeah, I mean, I, this, this question has been a question that, you know, like trivia style question, but more so it kind of tells you who a person really is. And, you know, post I've recorded maybe seven, seven or eight podcasts at this point in time. And I've asked that question twice. And and one, you know, person has said Steve Jobs, which was one of the people that I thought about. Mm -hmm. Uh, Another person had said MLK. And I was like, you know, that that was was really interesting because he's a tech guy. So he said MLK kind of blew my mind. So, but for me personally, one person that keeps popping in my mind over and over again is Einstein. Hmm. Why is that? Because, He's a blend. I feel kind of a connection to him. He's half creative as he is analytical. Mm -hmm. And if he wasn't creative, he wasn't going to be able to create the theories that he created. And then he was technical enough to prove these theories or make other people believe these theories as well, too. Plus, he was an underdog as a kid. Yeah. You know, he he was, you know, pretty much looked at as like, you know. Crazy person. (laughs) He wasn't even necessarily crazy. They just just thought he was stupid. They thought he was just, you know, like essentially dumb, deaf, and blind, even though he wasn't. Mm -hmm. And they treated him like crap. So, And in the same time, he grew up during World War. So 
and he was Jewish. <laughs> right. <laughs> so think about that. You know, you're in school and they're calling you dumb. And then as you grow up, then you get hit with a word. And it was just like, and he still came out to be one of the greatest minds that we've ever, till this day, it's kind of hard to disprove his theories. And it's only a matter of time before they're 100% proven or not, right? Mm-hmm. But he's one of those kind of like um, a, a water lily. A water lily grows from under the water, right? It grows from the bottom. And most plants, they grow from dirt and they need light. And they, this is growing underwater. And it's growing up and it's growing up and it's growing in the water until it reaches the peak of the actual top and it breaks the plane and it opens up and it becomes a water lily. And it's kind of like being under all this weight for all this time and until you make that achievement and then you blossom. When I see him, that's what I think about. It's like, you know, the things that he has done and achieved in his lifetime is just simply amazing. And it doesn't matter how old you are. For me, it's more so I just turned 40 last year and I've had dozens of achievements in my life. But I don't think my real achievements are not going to happen until the next five or 10 years. Mary, I was going to ask, how does that kind of correlate to your background? Are you at a water lily phase or are you still not so much? So the beauty of that is like, you know, which I miss because I can't go scuba diving no more. Right. But (laughs) so when you scuba dive, the farther down you go and you pass thermal lines is the darker things get because the the, you start to lose the light. The light can't reach. So think about it from like the, the whole end of the tunnel thing. But for me, I think about if I'm scuba diving and I'm in the water and as you come up, come up, you start to see this twinkle of light above you. Right. And it's, this luminescence is glowing and you're swimming and you're swimming and swimming. And then you break the water just like the Lee. And then you're free. Home. Oh, I didn't get the bends. I'm alive. Cool. I didn't get bit by a shark. <laughs> I'm good. Right. So for me, I'm at that point to where I'm thinking I'm like, you know, less than 50 meters from the top. It's really close. It's really close, but it's still a fight. It's not, and you can still die in 50 meters. <laughs> yeah, fair point, yes. Okay, you can still drown in 50 meters. You can still get the bends in 50 meters. You, all these different things could happen still. But the fact is, I see the end of the tunnel. And so once I break out, it's going to be, you know, I think it's no, it's no stopping me now at this point in time. But, you know, once I get past these 50 meters, then it's, I want to say smooth sailing, but it's definitely going to be some sails. That is very poetic. I guess that's a good lead into what are your final thoughts or your final words of wisdom? Final words of wisdom for any entrepreneur, any business person is mainly for people that think that they're stuck where they are currently. People that are in jobs that don't want to be in jobs because they need to have revenue to put food on the table. People that are looking for opportunities but can't find them. People that want to make more money but don't know how. It doesn't matter if you're 15 years old in high school or you're 65 years old and you just retired from your job. Mm-hmm. There's always a will and a way for you to do it. The only thing you have to do is you just got to keep on swimming. You got to keep on staying in the fight and the believing of using your mind. There's no reason why you can't use your mind to your last breath. As long as you have that opportunity, then you can make that happen for you. Uh, the statement that I always say is life is parallel to existence, but perpendicular to time. And what that really means is that life goes on forever and there's intersections on that road. And when these intersections happen, you have to pass the torch. So if you're at a perpendicular point to where your road's going to end, the only way you could pass your torch is to be passing information on to the next generation, passing information to the next person that raises their hand that asks you a question on how to do this. How did it work for you? Answer these questions, help somebody, push them forward. That's the only way that essentially as a people, you could live forever. Hmm. I think that's a great way to end. 
How do we find you, Mr. Social Media Guy? Oh, man. <laughs> Is it going to be some automated version of you? <laughs> <laughs> it's funny enough, I just found some software that does an automatic. <laughs> okay, we need you to really reply, not some automated version of you. How can we find the real uh, you? So there's obviously different versions, and I've changed my business structure to where S.A. Grant as a brand, much like Steve Jobs as a brand. So you could find me at S-A-G-R-A-N-T on pretty much all the platforms. So that's uh, Facebook. Twitter, Instagram, the laundry list goes on. But you just find me on any one of those, or Are you, you go to kids with Snapchat. You know the kids yeah, platform. I, well, actually TikTok. Oh, TikTok is the new kids platform. Yeah, TikTok makes me just want to do a backflip, man. It's just yeah, TikTok is a good one. But to, yeah, so SA Grant on any one of those platforms or sagrant.com. As far as my business unit, Cerebral Three Hundred and Sixty. That's Cerebral with an S, so that's S E R E B R A L. 360.com and the same handle for Instagram, Twitter, blah, 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 blah. Surprise bonus question. Oh, shit. What is the current, I guess, social media site or format that you are totally in love with or headed in the direction of or that you would talk about the most? I know you say Instagram, you say Facebook. So YouTube, we say Snapchat, TikTok, and all that. Oh, man. What's your, what's your, what's your one Ooh. that... Oh, it's going to be a very hard question. <laughs> it's technically hard because for me right now in the space that I'm in, between my own personal work, my own personal brand, and for clients, mm-hmm. I'm in a lot of them. I'm in like a dozen of them on a regular basis. But I would think if you're talking about today, 100% today, I would have to say it's a tie. Or where's the future of social media you think going? Maybe that's a little bit better. Well, it's funny, though, because the future is the past, right? If you think about it, first there was radio. Yes. Which is podcasting, mm-hmm. right? <laughs> Before that, it was publication, which is like Kindle. Mm-hmm. Yep. So TV. Came after radio. Yeah. Yep. That's YouTube. <laughs> mm-hmm. So the cycle continues, right? I think in the mixed media of the three. TikTok is really big because it does what? It mixes music with video. video. Yeah. YouTube is massive right now because it's like, I think it's the second or the third largest search engine. Like, I think it even outweighs probably Bing. It's not, and it's owned by Google. Yeah. So if you combine Google and YouTube. Oh my gosh. I, <laughs> the math is phenomenal. People like, are getting degrees from watching videos on YouTube. <laughs> yeah. So I think YouTube is definitely a big one, but I think you have to have the supporting channels for YouTube. This, the primary supporting channel for YouTube for me and, and my demographic would be Facebook. Just because mm-hmm. Facebook has one of the largest reaches that we've ever known to have a reach for, which is you know, a couple billion people. And you have to really understand the magnitude of what a billion is versus a million. So you can't discredit Facebook whether you like them or you don't like them. Right, right. I would definitely say it would be Facebook and YouTube, but don't sleep on TikTok. <laughs> <laughs> It's hard, too, because it's like, what is the purpose? But I get the business model, I guess. Yeah. I mean, TikTok is, is a little bit more difficult because you're talking about not even 15-year-olds. You're talking about 7-year-olds. Yeah, it's like 7 to 13-year-old, I think, was the yeah. demographic for TikTok. Mm. And yeah. Yeah, but it's I'm a long-term play. It. It's a long-term play. Right. So <laughs> if you get them hooked on your how-to videos, like how to make something look magical on TikTok, I could jump in a picture and jump in a box and you get them hooked at seven. On all reality, in 10 years, they'll be going 17, 18, and now they're consumers. Right. You're very right. So it's a long-term play if you play with TikTok now. And then I think I, I left out one. I'm sorry. I got to go back. 
the <laughs> biggest one for me right now for the future would be voice commands. Alexa, Google. I think that is really the next generation of the because nobody's really dove into that market 100% at this point in time. Everybody. I don't know that. See, there she is. See, uh, see, Alexa, she was ready. She just chimed in. Right? Is it more like, what's the reality show right now? The Circle. You can just speak your social media content and it just is there. I think that was more so the niche for the show. Okay. But I think that's the opening for tomorrow. I mean, you have to understand it. If I want, I look at her as like a personal assistant on one hand, mm-hmm. a calculator on the other hand. And I could order stuff on the fly. Right. There's, there's so many things I could do and multiply my day by working with her mm-hmm. or or him or, you know, whatever. I think the Google is what John Legend the changed his voice to John Legend. Oh, one yeah. Of, yeah. So, I mean, can't it's figure out how to make it go away. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> so tying all these different things in. Think about it. The apps run on your phone now. Soon cars will have them. And then you add in the GPS and you add in all these other features the automation side of things become very systematic mm-hmm. to where if you pull in your driveway, your driveway, your garage will open up. You can do that now. Right. Your lights are gone now. You leave your house. The alarm goes on right now. You can get analytics of your home right now. So it's being able to talk things into existence without having to use your hands. It's hands free. Yeah, and I think I saw like a commercial where Alexa and, and Bose have partnered mm-hmm. and now you have you have her on the go with you now and, and she's incorporated into your life so much that you could be in the car or you could be walking down the street and you think of something that normally you would yell out, hey, I'm not going to say her name because she'll start talking again. And right now you can't do that. And now, like I said, I think it's Bose has that now so as you have your headphones on and you have that random thought like you do like hey what's the temperature and she'll tell you right there i mean, I mean yeah it, well it's gonna go worry about that i mean you should yeah. be able to be like oh hey my meeting's gonna end at 10 o'clock right i need you to order me an uber mm-hmm. make sure the pizza's here 15 minutes before oh right. yeah by the way my kids need something blah 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 have that waiting for me order my prescription yeah yeah and then you leave your house and it's like ding 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 and they're just all going off and all this information is being transferred via your commands from two, three hours before. Yeah. To me, that's like the best system you could possibly have today. Huh. I like it. I love it. I kind of kicked your format in the face by asking that bonus question, but that's what I did. <laughs> no, no, no. I mean, it's because I think that, that question is a great question because it made me think about today versus tomorrow. And I was originally answering for today. Today, yes, YouTube, blah, blah, blah. But all reality, all of these things are going to feed into tomorrow. I mean, even like the show, mm-hmm. the Echo Show. Yes. I love that thing. Mm-hmm. It's like having a tablet connected to her name mm-hmm. and they're all integrated and it's, you could watch things and do things and it's touch. I'm just like, I just love it. Right. <laughs> right. And then we got on and also got on the waiting list too for the, um, the glasses. Yes. They're now her name. I'm not going to say glasses. Is that yes. it? Where is it like Google glasses where it was in your face or no, it's limited. Google glass was more so on-screen display mm-hmm. with verbal commands, which is obviously they were ahead of their time. Right. But this one is essentially an earpiece that you can get prescription glasses and you can do everything and walk around. And the beauty of that is it's on your body without you having to use a device. Yeah. So it's taking her from your desk and mm-hmm. putting it on a mobile a mobility aspect to it to where it changes everything. It's like having the watch. The, yeah. the iWatch is kind of similar, but the whole Dick Tracy thing talking to your watch, it was cool for the comics, but you kind of look like a little bit off I think it was Knight Rider too, I think. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> all those things are cool, but having it 
on your visual to where you don't have to touch it. You don't have to raise your wrist. You could drive, swim, whatever you want to do. You can still have this thing. Well, maybe there's waterproof. I don't know if it's waterproof, but it should be waterproof. Which was it hurts? It should be. I'm sure it is. I mean, it's just naturally, like you said, it's naturally in the direction that it's going. She is so much a part of everyone's life. Like when you think of a question, your immediate thought is, let me ask her. And so now it's only naturally that they figure out a way to take it out of your home, put it in your car, put it right in your ear, put it on your face as far as your glasses. And like you said, it's only going to get bigger and bigger and bigger. Yeah. Yeah. I just feel like saying her name right now. Okay, don't say that because then she'll start talking. <laughs> oh, or would you like her to at least give you your motivational quote for today? I think I got to separate it between rooms. But I can say, let's see if she does it. Hey, Alexa, good night. She's probably saying it on the other one. She's probably saying it on the ones. That yeah, I mean, that's the beauty. You can control it per room. I just love that thing. <laughs> well, this has been fun. I'm all out of questions, so. All right, well, I appreciate you taking the time to give people a taste of the random thoughts in my head and giving them opportunity to get a taste of what the podcast is going to be like. Yeah, um, I'm excited. I'm excited to hear all the interviews and here we go. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm definitely excited. I mean, when I look at the diversity of people that we have access to, it's a diverse plethora of individuals. So, so maybe that is a good question that you can kind of edit in later, maybe for the most part, what should be expected from the podcast? Boss Uncaged. Boss Uncaged is a podcast. <laughs> Kelly Stevens voiceover, man, that guy killed it. Um, what should be expected from the podcast? I mean, literally what I've done is I tapped into the first generation. Let's say season one, right? Season one is, is 2020. My Rolodex of people that I've either worked with, that I've either known since high school and worked with, or people that I've seen that started something and created something and built and developed into an actual success story. And just giving them interviews, you know, talking to them about how did you do it? Why did you do it? What's your background like? Where did you come from? So it gives you opportunity. Again, if you're 65 years old and you just retired, that you're, you're never too old to start something new. If you're 15 years old and you're trying to figure out, well, I, I want to be a radio announcer, we have a radio announcer. If you're more of an IT guy and you want to figure out how to code and how to work for like, you know, Fortune 500 corporations, we got that guy. So it's mainly to give you an opportunity to see a diverse history of individuals tell their stories in their firsthand accounts. Sounds like it's going to be very fun. Yeah, there are some some characters so far. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, there's like 50% of people in your world, the ones that are like, okay, they're really cool. And the ones you're like, oh, my God, did they just say that? <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. That's the beauty of it, man. You got to be, I enjoy having a multiple personality disorder and it just it makes me... <laughs> To me, it's like what Kanye said, it makes him a superhero. Yeah. So for me, it's like being able to tap into different people's intellects mm -hmm. and understanding them on their level, but not be that person and be able to switch into that character to relate to them. I love it. <laughs> oh, your personalities. Yes. We're all here. <laughs> We're <I'm> done. <laughs> We're so done. <laughs> all right, guys. See you guys soon, man. Remember, if you got anything, just drop us a line. Let us know if you have any questions. Hit the subscribe hit download, send me an instant message. Let me know if you have any other questions you'd like me to ask um, guests on the show on future shows coming up. And again, we're on like about episode seven. So ideally these podcasts are not going to be in any particular order. They're designed for you to go to episode seven, episode five, episode 100, whenever it happens, it happens. Just jump around, find a person that relates to you most, listen to them. And then the biggest thing after that is take action. Have a good one.
Thanks for tuning in to another episode of Boss Uncage. I hope you got some helpful insight and clarity to the diverse approach on your journey to become an uncaged trailblazer. If this podcast helped you, please email me about it. Submit additional questions you would love to hear me ask our guests and or drop me your thoughts at asksagrant.com. Post comments, share, hit subscribe, and remember to become a boss on cage, you have to release your inner beast. S.A. Grant, signing off. Listeners of Boss Uncaged are invited to download a free copy of our host, S.A. Grant's insightful book, Become an Uncaged Trailblazer. Learn how to release your primal success in 15 minutes a day. Download now at www.sagrant.com slash boss uncaged.